Am I the right mic? Okay. This morning's New Testament reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. The Old Testament reading is from the book of Exodus, chapter 6. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord." Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. As we are now nearing the end of our sermon uh, series on Hebrews chapter 11, By Faith, um, I hope you guys have been reflecting on this and really challenging yourselves, thinking about uh, where is your faith? What, what is your faith resting in? Uh, and as I was thinking about, uh, in particular, today's message, I was uh, contemplating just uh, what are some great big starts to events? Uh, uh, a lot of times, uh, big events like to have a very big opening act or something that lets you know something amazing is about to happen. If you've gone to any big college football or uh, professional football games, a lot of times they like to have, have jets fly over. Uh, I don't know what the jets have to gonna blow stuff up, but it's exciting when you see a fighter jet fly overhead. Um, if you've ever watched any of the Olympics, um, the opening, ser- the semin- opening ceremony of the Olympics goes on for many hours, but it's big. Um, uh, half of China was closed down when they were doing their opening ceremony when they were hosting. Again, the idea to tell you something amazing is going to happen. If you've ever been to a musical, uh, usually one of the more exciting parts of a musical will be the very beginning one to let you know something great is going to happen. In Scripture, one of the opening acts of us is God showing us He's going to do something great. He created everything. And then, right after that, He shows us that something else happened, sin. Again, it's a big opening. And a lot of this is having to do with that. So please, pray with me now as we look at um, the effects of sin and what our faith has to do about it. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for every kid who is here, every child who is here. Lord, we pray whether they're in this room or upstairs, you would work through the teachers, through their parents, through their lessons, Lord God, that they may grow closer to you. Holy Spirit, this is a work we know only you can do. 
We ask the same, that Holy Spirit, you would do that same work here in us. Revive our hearts and minds through your word so that we may die a little to ourselves, be more alive to you in the process. We thank you, Lord. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray and hope. Amen. So to recap what we're looking at, uh, Hebrews is going through looking at different people who have done things by faith, and I'm going to keep saying is that we're not supposed to look at them and say, that could never be me. You're supposed to look at them and say, I might be that person. Very much like what the cars were saying, that you might have an impression of what a missionary is like. But no, they're normal people. The only difference is that they followed the call. And, and here in particular, we're, we have images of what uh, the people were like at the time of the Exodus. Um, there's the famous Charlton Heston movie that uh, is, is get some things right, get some things kind of awkward. But where we're honing in now, just the, the story of where the, uh, the Israelites, when, when Moses is bringing them at, out, um, we know the story of, maybe you don't, but there's a famous story there. In slavery, hundreds, 400 years, Moses comes out and he's, he's called to God by, um, through events in his life and through a burning bush, and uh, we, we think of the, the great scenes where he's doing all these plagues and leading people out. But uh, the, the real heart, I think, the meat of what's really going on there, the effects of sin that, have us, that, that wreak havoc on us internally and externally is what we saw there in Exodus chapter 6, verse 9. I don't know if you saw it, but this is what it says. God has been trying to tell Moses that I am your covenant God. I'm going to do this. You know a little more about me than even Abraham did, but this is the blessings. These are covenants. I'm going to do something great. And Moses' response is very real. And I would assume if we were honest, this is kind of where we're at when we hear about living by faith, doing things by faith. This is where the Israelites are at. So God has told them something. And Moses says, I wouldn't have told them these things. And this is what they're, this is where they're at. Verse 9. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. They were living a life where they were corrupted and beaten on the inside, and the world around them wasn't that great either. That's the reality, I think, of what the world's supposed to look like without a Savior. We're crushed on the inside, we're crushed on the outside, and maybe some of us feel that way even today or have felt that way. And this is where we find, this is where the writer of Hebrews is saying, this is where faith comes in. And what I want to make sure we understand, hopefully you're seeing is that this is what faith was designed to do. It was meant to work in these circumstances. This is the best life could offer apart from God intervening. Crushed inside, crushed at the people around you. We've talked about this before. Sin's effects are deep. It crushes us internally and it causes us to not love our neighbors but to indeed hate them. So uh, as we're going through the text, remember you're always supposed to ask yourself, what does faith do to me? That's what we're asking today. What does faith do to me? So let's look at verse 23. Hebrews 11 verse 23 says this. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, do you guys know the word intrepid? It means to be fearfully going forward. So think of, uh, you can think of Star Trek. They're, they're intrepid. But also, there's someone who comes to mind, Elizabeth Elliot. Um, when you think about what it means to be intrepid, she's someone who, her and her husband felt called as missionaries to go to Ecuador to reach um, some people there. There was a run tribe. 
And they killed her husband, stabbed him with spears. And when we talk about being intrepid, going where normal people would fear to, to, to head to, this woman husband who was killed went to these people after they had killed her husband to bring them the gospel so that they may hear the gospel. Literal spears were standing in her way. There's a picture of her with her daughter. This was decades ago. She took her daughter. She was, her daughter was 10 months old when her father was killed. She went back two years later with her barely three-year-old daughter to the same people who killed her husband so they might hear the gospel. Talking about uh, what faith does, remember. So faith is something that's not naturally born inside of us. It's something that's true faith. It's something that's given to us and does things to us. It's when we think faith is our own that we try to create it from within us where bad things happen. You understand that the faith we have, if it's somewhere coming from somewhere else, coming from God himself, then our faith is in him. And if our strength and security and faith is in him, that should change the way we live by this faith. And we see here, starting off, it's not about Moses. This is about his parents. His parents were given an edict by the Pharaoh. The whole country was. You've got to kill all of the firstborn sons. And I love it. They said they looked, he looked beautiful. What parent wouldn't think that, right? But they looked and said, the idea is being that there was something even more about Moses. They said, there's no way. There's no way. Our faith in God is so sure that there's no way this is going to happen. And they kept him safe for three months before, as you know the story, they then put him in a basket and floated him down. The word there for beautiful, it's, there was a regalness to him. We have a similar instance in the New Testament when the wise men came and they inquired of the king, where is the, where is the Messiah? Where is the one who would be king? And the king says, oh, go find him for me. And then I'll, I'll come say hi. And as you know, what the king wanted to do was to kill Jesus. And the wise men wisely after they found Jesus, avoided the king. We see the parents, the strength to do this. You might say parents, I mean, what parent wouldn't want a particular kid? But we see, by the writer telling us that the faith had given them to trust, trust beyond fear. So again, so verse 23, what does faith do to me? This faith empowers you. It empowers you that in times of fear, you can be intrepid yourselves. And there are lots of different types of fear. There's lots of different types of fear, whether it's to say something, to do something, to start living a different way. There's what we can be afraid of. Open up, go online, read a book, all the different types of phobias there. We can be afraid of so many things. When it comes to living our faith, there are so many things for some reason we can be afraid of doing. And again, the faith that is given to us can empower us to be intrepid in how we live. If indeed your power comes from the word of God, then why are you afraid to trust? What areas of life are you afraid to trust God in? Let's look at verses 24 through 26. It says this, By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than in to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, 
for he was looking to the reward. As you know, when his parents floated him down, he was found by a Pharaoh's family and basically adopted in, and he had the, the life that most would want. He was part of the royal family. I don't know if you saw on the news, there was another big royal wedding that happened just recently. Uh, there was a princess in Japan, uh, and she married a commoner. This just happened about a week or so ago. And in Japan, uh, when if a, 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 doesn't, males don't have to do this, but if a female um, royal marries a commoner, they have to not only give up their title, but give up all the, the wealth that comes with the title. And she gave it up to marry this commoner. The writer is pointing out here when it says Moses being fully grown. Uh, we learn later on also that he was roughly 40 when this happened. What they're trying to say is, listen, uh, believe it or not, young people are impulsive. <laughs> what you think you're right about, you're totally wrong about. But what's supposed to happen is you get older, you get a little more wise looking back. And what the writer here is saying is that Moses being fully grown, he's 40, he wasn't uh, just just flying by the seat of his pants. He wasn't just making it up on the fly. He wasn't just doing what he just wanted to do. It's saying that being of sound mind and sound body chose to give all that up. They're saying he was a fully grown man. He was mature. This decision was not made lightly. It was made seriously. That he chose to forsake what he had being an Egyptian prince and embrace the family that brings him nothing but scorn and shame. And the writer is going at great lengths to make sure that we understand not only was it not done by accident, it was a conscious decision that he made. And this decision cut him off from the family, created enemies between him and his family, chose the poor slaves to be his family, his identity, other than the family of Pharaoh. He indeed was choosing the hard way over the easy way. That is not something naturally any of us want to do. We want to move the easy way. Christ himself in Matthew seven thirteen through 14 says that um, when we're trying to follow him, the broad way that looks easy is actually the one that leads to destruction where the narrow one that's not the easy way is the one that leads to life. And they're saying Moses was a great example of this, of why what he was choosing to forsake, to follow and to hold on to. But what's also here is that it says that it, it didn't want to prove, if you look at verse um, uh, 26, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. He was looking to a reward. Well, this, what does that mean, the, the greater approach? What he's saying is that through faith, God had given him the ability to see something for as it really was. And he was combining the, the reproach again, the, the, the shame that comes, the, the pain that comes with following Christ with what Moses did here. And he's saying that, that Moses, not, didn't, again, he didn't know Christ. He was interacting with Christ, didn't know it, but he was. And what he's saying is that what Moses chose to do was saying that the scorn, the vilification, the bad stuff that comes with choosing to follow God was actually more rewarding than all the riches that Egypt was going to provide. 
Now, trust me. We humans are so weak and frail on the inside. It's very hard to ethically do things the right way. I would imagine myself, including many of us, would have great pause and great struggle presented with similar types of things in life. And what they're saying is the faith. It's the faith given to Moses that enabled him to see the reality before him. That the scorn he got for following God was actually more rewarding than the riches that Egypt could provide. And it says the way he did this was by seeing the reward again. So again, what does faith do to me? Faith enlightens you. This faith enlightens you to see the path and to see the reward for staying on that path. Even when that path is covered by obstacles. So as Christ even asks, when Christ wants you to know what's going on in your heart, he doesn't say, where is your heart? There's your reward. He says, what's, what do you treasure most? There's your heart. In a similar fashion here, Moses was doing the same thing. His reward, his reward was not in what Egypt could give. His reward is what only God could give. So again, where is your reward? Can it be summed up in earthly things? Or it can be summed up in heavenly things. It's not something easy to figure out, nor is it something easy to change. But this is what his, remember, this is what his faith has done to him. His faith has caused him to change the value of things completely. What everyone valued, he found valueless. And what they didn't value, he, became, he found was the most costly thing he could ever want in his heart. Again, that's the work only the Spirit can truly do. This faith enlightens us to see what's before us. Now let's read verse 27. It says this. By faith, so there are four by faith. This is the third one. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. There's an image that always pops to my mind during the civil rights movements. It's this image. And I can't even imagine... Um, what people, some people had to go through um, during this time period. But again, the passage is talking about he endured um, not fearing the anger of the Pharaoh. Now, Moses left Egypt twice. This is uh, the first time he, he, was, had, he had just killed someone and was, was actually fleeing for his life. Um, the second time, again, when he was finally able to see something. Remember, the, the empowerment, the enlightenment had happened to him. He saw things for what they were. So this time, when he was leading, officially leading his people out, it wasn't going to bother him how angry or how discouraging Pharaoh was going to be to him. It wasn't going to bother him any more. Again, let's read that verse 27 again. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So even Moses at this point, interacting with God, he still couldn't see. He still couldn't actually see God. And remember, how does Hebrews 11 one start? Being certain what you hope for and sure of what you don't what? Let's try that again. Sure of what you don't see. see. And he's saying Moses endured as one having seen the invisible. Moses is giving us a great example of what it means to live by faith. 
What that means is Moses, yeah, he experienced the burning bush. He's seen God perform some miracles. But God hadn't revealed himself in such a completely certain way where it was undeniable. There was still an element of faith that Moses was needing here. It's later on when Moses tries to ask again and God reveals himself that Moses begins to understand, I can't really see God. Humans aren't prepared to do that. But here, what it's saying is Moses still is acting as though he is 100% convinced. And because he's 100% convinced, as if he has seen the invisible, he is no longer going to care about the anger of Pharaoh. How powerful is that? Answer again. So what does faith do me? Faith gives us endurance. It gives us endurance to face the consequences of living a faithful life. The world isn't going to work with you in following God by faith. Everything around you is going to work against you. I was thinking about this just recently, just yesterday. I was coaching our soccer team and it was 35 mile an hour wins and the first half of the game and the team, they're not very big and so the, 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 we're going against the wind. The other team would just tap the ball and it would fly towards us. And the kids have to fight against the ball going against the wind. And I said, don't worry, guys. At second half, you know, we switch sides and the wind will be with us. And at, lo and behold, almost exactly at halftime, the wind shifted and it was against us the second half. And the kids were like, you lied. I was like, I can't control the wind. But faith is like that. It doesn't just start working the, the world around you doesn't, your own body, your own, your own sinful soul doesn't just start working with you. It's always going to be a constant grind. And remember, this passage was written to give you endurance for that. Again, the grind isn't supposed to scare you away from faith. Faith is supposed to allow you to see you can endure the grind because it's coming from God who understands what it means to work hard in this life by faith. It's hard work. And faith is designed to help you live this life that's working against you. Now let's read verse 28. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Where the, the important word where it says he kept, the word kept can also mean inaugurated. Um, and if you think about like, what, what this is kind of saying is kind of like once you start something, you really can't go back. You have to embrace. So um, if you think about inaugurations, whether it was Obama, whether it was Trump, whether it was Bush or whether it was Clinton, at the moment of inauguration, you have to kind of take a moment and say, yep, we did that. Um, and you have to kind of accept this. We can't take this back now. This person is our, our president. Uh, if you think of more recently Amazon, <laughs> like you can like them or not like them, but for, they've changed the way people shop. <laughs> That's just what it is. We can't go back anymore. This is, for whatever reason, this is how we do it now. And what the passage is talking about Moses here, so they're talking about by faith, what did he actually do? So he had, just like Noah, remember when God told Noah to build the ark and the flood was coming, Noah had no concept of what that meant. He just did it, understanding he needed to do it. When God told Moses, what you're going to do is you're going to prepare for this thing that's going to happen. You're going to have this meal and you're going to sprinkle blood over the door. Moses could sense the seriousness but couldn't fathom actually what was going to happen. He did that by faith. But what it says when he kept it, the same word means to inaugurate. 
So it means that he didn't just do it. He started this process of which you can't come back. This is the way it's going to happen now. We're going to pass this on to the future generations and we're going to acknowledge that this is the way God's going to work. He's going to save us by the sprinkling of lamb's blood. And we're going to remember that. And again, the part that Moses did by faith is he had no clue where this was going or where this was going to lead to. But he did it by faith. If he didn't have the faith there, without a doubt, he would have tried to change it, adapt it, try to do something different. But he didn't. So what did faith do to him? What does faith do to us? It gives us confidence. Confidence to trust where God is leading. Again, and the writer does not want to stop for a moment for us to miss the fact how much Moses' life reminds us of Christ. Moses' obedience of faith and letting everyone know about sprinkling the blood, this lamb's blood, is what saved this people and delivered them. But we know that while Moses' act saved some physically, Christ, Christ, by his lone act of faith on the cross, by being the true sacrificial lamb, saves us all eternally, spiritually, and then when he comes back, physically as well. Sin has come and done horrible damage. But by faith, being attached to what Christ has done, by his work on the cross, we are saved. Just like I started off with my story. Remember those big events, football games, Super Bowls, musicals, or um, big Olympics? They never live up to the hype. They never, never live up to the promise of that opening act. After time, you've forgotten about them or the event itself really wasn't life-changing. This one act of Christ on a cross does. It lives up to the hype that was started at the beginning of all things. It lives up to the hype that all the covenants were pushing to and pointing towards. All else fades away. So my last question is this. What areas of your life does faith from Christ and in Christ need to bring empowerment, enlightenment, endurance, and confidence for living by faith? Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, again, we see these people and think, I could never be that. But you see that they, just like us, are living by faith. Lord, help us to live by faith. Lord, help us to trust you by faith. Lord, help us to live in this world with the faith that you provide. All for your glory, Lord. Let our faith rest completely in the work of your son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Please stand for our final song.